Good evening, everyone. Welcome to a special Rangers review, a breaking news briefing with, of course, the news coming out of Ibrox tonight, at just about half past five, that Rangers have appointed their 18th permanent manager in the club's, uh, well, over 150-year history now in Michael Beale. It's kind of been football's worst-kept secret in the last week or so. It's now confirmed. I'm joined by uh, Johnny McFarlane to discuss it. Tonight um, will, of course, be live as well in the morning, but we'll react tonight to Beale's quotes, his first interview, as well as uh, just reaction to the fact that it is now done. So, Johnny, as I say, it's football's worst kept secret. This isn't a surprise, but it is confirmed on the days, the day that players have come back um, from their break, uh, the two-week break with the World Cup, um, obviously happening at the moment. What's your reaction to it? Excitement? Obviously not surprise. How do you feel? I think it's a, it's it's a good appointment overall, Josh. Um, there's a number of reasons why Michael Beale ticks a hell of a lot of boxes for Rangers. Conversely, there's also reasons why he doesn't. But on balance, I think if you look at the candidates that have been mentioned, then Michael Beale does give you what I would regard as a safe pair of hands to take the club forward. He's a very, very exciting young coach who has the potential to show exponential growth and create something quite special at Rangers. He understands the club, he understands the culture, he understands the league, he understands the players. Mm. He has a shorthand there that no other guy coming in could have. And that, I think, is a massive, massive plus point for Michael Beale. At the same time, Josh, we cannot say... This is an appointment without risk. We cannot say this is an appointment that will not divide some parts of the Rangers support. It clearly will, because we're talking about a guy with four months managerial experience. And ultimately, if it doesn't work out, everyone will come back to this moment and say, oh, they shouldn't have done it. It was a gamble. It was an incredible gamble. He didn't have the experience. And in retrospect, it was wrong. And I might be one of those guys that's coming back with that, Josh. Yeah. But... I think it was a gamble worth taking when no other candidate screams the Rangers manager. So I think you have to go out and get somebody who has the kind of um, charisma, who has the footballing nous, who has the coaching nous, who fits into the philosophy of the club. He ticks all those boxes. So so I think it's an... Ex Maybe exciting is the wrong word because we kind of know to some extent what we're going to get with Michael Beale. It might be exciting if it turns out that what we think we're going to get, we don't get, and that there's quite a big departure from the Gerardian principles, which we're we assume come, are. We're going, to come to, we're going to come to that, Johnny. That's one of many things we've got to talk about. But, um, yeah, as you say, there's an element of, of we know what we'll get with Beal, but he's out on his own now. Um, I totally agree with you. They're... they're in a way, it's a very safe pair of hands, and in a way, it is the complete opposite of a safe pair of hands because you have a manager who is five months into his managerial career, but you have someone who knows this group of players who I'm sure Rangers will view as someone who will go on to do great things in their managerial career and they're perhaps getting them at this point in time because of, of circumstance. J just want to start, Johnny, by speaking about the experience um, discussion because if you're from outside the, the Rangers conversation at the moment, you're looking at the fact that Rangers have appointed someone who, as you say, has taken charge of 22 games senior games as a manager. 
But I, th I think there's two sides to that, and it's one of the pieces you can read on the website today. Uh, I should say we've got that fantastic Black Friday deal. You can get six months coverage for just one pound, which I think will be worth it alone for the coverage you'll get uh, just tonight uh, on the website. Do head over at link in the description and at the ticker below. But but the point I'm kind of making, Johnny, is trying to understand Rangers thinking um, in this. Beal isn't your average assistant manager. Um, the things that he's done at Aston Villa and Rangers, the responsibility he's had, point to something I said this morning about their goalkeeper, Emmy Martinez. And the quote was, we thought of him and Stevie G both as managers. It's different now that he is, he doesn't have the, I guess, the figurehead of Gerard to, to cover for things when things don't go well. But Beale said himself in, in the summer, if not for Steven Gerrard, if not for this Rangers project, he'd have went to try and go out on his own before 2018, before he initially came to Rangers. This isn't a case of an assistant manager who has lots of good tactical ideas but doesn't know how to translate them. He's clearly very personable. We know how good a reputation he has within the club and with the playing staff. Uh, and when you put it like that, Johnny, you can understand that given his past success here, Rangers will have looked at this and thought it's not ideal with his experience, but hopefully for them, he'll be able to hit the ground running and he has the advantage of what, you, what you're saying. He has that shorthand. He knows Scottish football and, and he knows his group of players. And in the short term, with some additions in January, hopefully he can and get the better out of them and save a domestic season, which the last month has, has kind of looked like it's going to fall apart. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, at times like this, Josh, you're the guy that comes in and gives us uh, the modern day analysis and I'm the guy that can look back as, as a little bit older than you into Rangers history and see parallels. And we know that that people that don't learn from hist history are doomed to repeat it. Um, and in some ways that's good and in some ways that's bad. And I've got a couple of good examples here. First of all, what I would say is Rangers have had this situation before where a guy who is an assistant has come in to the manager's role with a lot of people doubting whether or not he had the chops for the role, whether he had the personality and the character. Uh, and that, of course, happened when Graham Souness left with, I think, four games to go in the uh, in the early 90s. I think it was 19... I want to say 1990. Uh, it might have been 1991. 1991. Um, my memory for these dates now, as I get older, is falling apart, I'm afraid. Um, but Souness obviously departed to Liverpool and Walter Smith took over and was immediately appointed. It wasn't to the end of the season. He was, he was given the absolute faith of David Murray and of course, he won that final game at Ibrox against Aberdeen that uh, sealed the title, despite the fact the entire team was the walking wounded. I'll not go through the whole history of it. The point is, previously, Rangers have gone through a situation where a very, very talented assistant has smoothly become the manager. So it's not like there isn't a precedent for this having worked in the past. Slightly different, because uh, I suppose the parallel would be if Beale had taken over from Gerard. Yeah. But there has been a manager in between, and Beal has gone out and got some managerial experience, which I think is be is important to give him that at the very yeah. least. But actually, the task that faces Beal is closest to the one that Alex McLeish faced when he took over from Dick Advocat. It had been a very successful Rangers team that Advocat had, but Martin O'Neill got his number and, and very. Quickly, it was obvious that Rangers were going to need a new manager, that Dick Advocate wasn't going to be able to, to turn it round. Um, he'd already lost the title the previous season and he'd been kept on. And uh, the, there wasn't much improvement in the following season. And they brought in Alex McLeish when the league was essentially done. And he was able to win both cups. And I think that 
realistically has to be the target for Michael Beal going forward, Josh. He has to come in and the league's almost... I've got to be careful how I say this, but it's almost like a place where you can experiment. If he makes mistakes in the league, I think so be it. No one realistically thinks that nine points are going to be dropped by Celtic between now and the end of the season. Now, you can talk about the, the remaining old firm games all you like, but I don't think Rangers have a squad where you can say that they won't drop points against the other teams. And I think Celtic have a squad that they won't drop points against the other teams. So... I think given the distance that there is, um, while you wouldn't say the league is not important and you wouldn't cast it aside, obviously this is Rangers, you have to win every single game. I think there can be a level of experimentation that goes on in the league. I think you can bring in someone like Alex Lowry, for example. You can bring in more other young players from that, that youth setup. Maybe a Lovelace comes in, tries to develop these lads, give them a little bit of game time and ease them in if they're going to be part of his revolution going forward. But those cups are super, super important. And we know the League Cup is already in the semi-final. They've got a big game there. Um, and then potentially, if they can get through that game, a final against Celtic should they get through their semi-final. So that would be a, a, a huge one. And we know that a marker could be put down right there and then the first trophy of the season. Michael Beale has the opportunity to pick that up. Then you've got the other Scottish Cup as well. Now, Alex McLeish was able to do that. And that set the agenda, it set the tempo, and it put a marker down at Celtic, and Rangers went on to win the treble the following season. I think that's the most realistic opportunity for Rangers this season in terms of silverware and domestic competition. And I think that's what the fans should be expecting Michael Beale to target. Two cups. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big ask, Josh. We all know that. Celtic are very strong. But I think if you get everyone back fit, Rangers have a very, very good squad. There's gaps in it. There's problems with it. But overall, you would say if everyone's fit, it's pretty decent. We all thought that going into the the transfer window, maybe one or two players were missed out. Um, Certainly a box-to-box aggressive midfielder. But here's the good news. I actually think in terms of the midfield players that are currently at the club, they've had a lot of criticism rightly this season. They're much more suited to Michael Beale's style than they are Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's. I think you'll see an immediate improvement in the Rangers midfield. I think you'll see Glenn Kamara reinstated to that left centre midfield slot that he's so effective under Gerrard previously. I think you'll see Stephen Davis uh, slotting back into that central midfield deep-lying creator role, um, almost a Regista-type position, bit of a Pirlo-type vibe to him. And then the other side of midfield, the right centre midfield, that'll be up for debate. Lundstrom might be able to fit in there, whether or not he's got the tactical... Discipline to, to fit into a Michael Beale midfield, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I think it might be he might be a loser in this scenario. But then, you know, uh, Stephen Gerrard and Michael Beale were quite uh, insistent on bringing him in. So perhaps uh, Lundstrom having had some time to bed into Rangers, to bed into Glasgow, to bed into the expectations, might fit into that midfield um, better than he did under Stephen Gerrard. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I mean, it's important to cover both sides of this. And obviously, results will dictate what the, as you say, Johnny, whether in a year we're speaking about this in a positive way or a negative way. On one hand, with Beal, I guess you could say, it's, it's a great point when you talk about the the Smith um, succeeding soonest. If, if Rangers did rate him this highly, um, if they did think that he was the man to take them forward, why not 
then instead of now. And I guess that speaks to the wider failings of the last year, which you, you can't ignore the fact that Rangers are in the position where they need to make a mid-season appointment. But equally, on the, on the other side of that, you know what Beal's going to give you, the, the type of football that I think is more conducive to success over a league season. Um, I agree with you. I think the midfield will, will look better drilled. Um, we're going to read some of his quotes out and get through to, to some questions in a minute. But he's spoken about taking the handbrake off, which I think maybe tells you a little bit about the football that he was watching Rangers play under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst this season and, and going for it. And he said something interesting, which a, a line we've used on here a few times, Johnny, people want to go and see the, the team win, but people also want to be entertained by the team. And that's what that's what he's saying he'll be able to deliver. One interesting point which I want to put to you just before we um, we get to some comments and Michael Beale's comments, Johnny. And of course, folks, we're going to be live uh, all week, so there's plenty of time to get into all, all the different topics that people will want to discuss. Is something that Michael Beale said kind of towards the end of his Rangers TV interview today, which I'd recommend watching. You can read the whole transcript on our website for free at the moment. Um, let me just find where it is. He, j just the last line, he said, there's players here from before who will have an idea how I want to work, but the ideas have changed a little bit. <clears throat> Pardon me. They've grown and there's more variety. I can't wait to get started. Now, this is something that a, a point I raised in the, my colour piece um, this morning. A lot's happened since then. Touching on a point that Michael Beale made in a QPR press conference a week ago, for me, one of the main weaknesses, the weakness that Gerard and Beale suffered together towards the end of, of his tenure was Rangers were too predictable. It culminated in that game against Hibs, although they weren't there, Hamden Hibs were able to just pinpoint their weaknesses and pick them off. And, and that's one side to, to the, the fantastic football that they created the season before. I think Beale is going to be more adaptable now and he's going to vary things more. I think the difference you'll see to Giovanni Van Bromkos is he won't change quite as much towards the opposition. He won't be quite as reactive. Um, but what I think you will see, Johnny, is more of an identity and possession, more of a clear, clear idea, pardon me, um, what Rangers want to do. Because I'll put it back to you on, on when you're saying Stephen Davis and Glenn Kamara might be, might be reinstated. I think the crucial thing for Beale and Rangers are taking a step into the past and hoping that'll provide a step forward to the future. He can't just do what they did a couple of years ago and he'll know that. This has to be new, it has to be fresh and, and those ideas, the foundations, they can be there and they can be beneficial but I don't think, in my opinion, it'll work if Rangers just try to reinstate what you know worked for them a couple of seasons ago to win the league title. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, there needs to be um, an evolution that takes place on the back of that system because every Scottish football manager knows that system inside out and knows how to stop it. And that was part of the problem uh, in the final season that Gerard and Beale were here. Uh, yes, they were starting to turn it around a little bit by the time they left, but there was those three draws at Ibrox that uh, I think one of them was with Aberdeen, can't remember the other two, but certainly three draws at Ibrox where it felt like teams had kind of started to work out a little bit. And Gerard even alluded to it himself before the start of the season that it was going to have to be changed, and that they didn't really change. Mm. Um, so, listen, Beale's a smart guy. You'll know that himself. He will have principles in the way he wants to play the game. We know what they are. I think um, it's been fairly established in and out of possession, the, the type of team he wants. Um I wouldn't be surprised if we if we see variations in terms of formations, variations in terms of the style. But I suppose what I'm saying is, Josh, um, if you want to go back to basics, um, I think the first game against Hibs, if you want to go back to something that's um, 
straightforward for the players that they know that they can fit back into. That 4-3-2-1 system uh, is kind of ideal for that, isn't it? And um, he will be able to change it up for the kind of games that we've been talking about, the kind of games Rangers have struggled in. But he also knows that he's got a, a go-to system there that, that's that's very, very drilled in terms of these players that will allow him to ensure a level of solidity. What am I talking about here? What am I talking about? No, I, I'm I talking think about what said, fundamentally. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. talking about. I'm talking about um, these type of games where Rangers have fallen apart this season. Yeah. Now, they're out of Europe, so we don't have to worry about that. But um, there's another trip to Parkhead. There's two more old firm games in the league. Um, on top of that, and there's likely to be more in the cup. And uh, you cannot have a continuation of the Geo versus Ange scenario where basically Celtic are running over the top of Rangers. I don't think that's going to happen uh, with Michael Beale in charge. Why do I think that? Because of that 4-3-2-1, which is kind of set up to go against that Ange style if you think about the two inverted fullbacks and where those two number 10s would position themselves on the pitch. So that's that's what I'm driving at. But in other games, obviously, there needs to be variation, there needs to be change, there needs to be adaptation, and there needs to be evolution, Josh. Yeah, and I think I think what you allude to is that Rangers will probably have more clearly definable principles in and out of possession domestically. Um, I think they will maybe start with that base shape, but hopefully, I think what Beal needs to do is is vary it more. And what I mean by that is, when Rangers are getting beaten, they can't just throw crosses in, which was a real problem towards the the end of the of the previous previous management team's regime. Now, I think the key point within this is. We know that Beal was really had a, had a lot of responsibility in that management team, but we don't know with what exactly. For example, you imagine that Gerard made the final decisions on a match day. You imagine that he picked the team. Um, you imagine that although Beal would input into things in, in, on a match day, that the final decision rested with Gerard. Now it's easy when someone's a first team coach to I think attribute all the good things to them and then attribute all the bad things to the person above them, which is also a possibility. But I think just a few things that Beal has said reading between the lines, you, you would imagine that he's recognised that and he knows that Rangers need to have a bit more variety. And, and then that I think that protects that strong base because it keeps it unpredictable. And again, going off those QPR comments, um, I think that will be the case. I, I'm just going to read out a couple of quotes um, from his Rangers TV interview, which, as I say, folks, you can read on the website. Yeah. We've also got on there um, loads of stuff. Uh, I look at his backroom staff, meet Michael Room at Michael Beals, uh, Rangers backroom staff, looking at the three people that have arrived with him, which includes Johnny, a set piece specialist. Specialist can't speak tonight, um, which is very needed, I think, after this season. We've got opinion pieces on him, previous interviews with him. We're going to have a real a deep dive tomorrow looking at his uh, tactical philosophy. But I'll just read you some of the quotes just now, which you can read on the website. He says, I'm hugely proud. It's a wonderful, wonderful football club. It's an institution for anyone that works here. It's a huge privilege. But to be here as the manager, the head coach, that's extremely special. Special. Some wonderful people have sat in this chair prior to me, and I'm hugely proud to be the person sat here now. And asked when, why is now the right time to return? Beal says, whenever you get the chance to return is the right time. If you have the opportunity to come back to or work for Rangers, it's always the right moment. I'm leaving a fantastic football club and owners who are very, very good to me. So there's a tinge of sadness alongside the huge excitement to come in to Glasgow for me and my family to this massive football club. I don't think there is ever a moment I wouldn't have come back. And I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Beal took training today as well with the players 
uh, coming back, as I mentioned, from that two-week break. But, Johnny, I guess it's true to what he said earlier in the summer. He was only 22 games into his QPR management career. He made some comments in the last few weeks that I think if you're sitting here from a QPR perspective would be, um, I guess, rather ironic when he when he was speaking about loyalty. But we're not here to talk about Queen's Park Rangers Um I guess those comments back up what everyone already knew. He said in the summer when he was unveiled at Queen's Park Rangers in that press conference, nobody turns down Glasgow Rangers. And ultimately, that's proved a stronger lure than the, the opportunity to go and work for presumably a lot more money in, in the Premier League with Wolves. Yeah, it's clear that Michael Beale wanted a return to Rangers. That's been uh, as, as clear as day uh, by his actions over the last wee while. And... It's fantastic that um, he's been so focused from a Rangers point of view on 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 getting himself back here, and, and he's been able to do that. Um, in terms of the whole thing with regards to Wolves, I think that's an unbelievable feather in Rangers' cap. That that here's a guy that has literally turned down the Premier League. The riches involved there. Uh, the latest Wolf man, Wolves manager is on five million pounds a year. Uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name. I'll leave that for you, Josh. Lopetegui, is it? Lop- I think it's Lopetegui. I think it is Lopetegui. Julian yeah. Lopetegui. Um, yeah. I'm going to find that um, out. But I, I checked that out. I'm not saying Michael Beale would have been pay- paid that. Clearly, he wouldn't have, because if he was, I think he'd probably be there. Um, <laughs> but um, it just goes to show you the size and scale of, of what Wolves as a club can offer. And he turned that down. Um, I have a sneaking suspicion that that, that, that maybe he was thinking uh, not only could he be, um, not only could he be loyal to QPR, but it would allow him to potentially make a move back to Rangers if the, the opportunity came. And uh, I think Michael Beale's family were very, very happy here. I think he was very, very happy here. Yeah. And I think there was a keenness on all sides. Um, to get back up the road in terms of the Beal camp. And that, that's been crucial, I think, in securing this deal, which I've, I've noticed a few comments, uh, Josh, saying that it's like a cheap deal. This is the, this is the easy option. It wasn't uh, cheap or easy, uh, actually. That, that's not a fair uh, assessment. There were a lot of managers that Rangers could have gone for that were out of contracts. You know, if you, if you think about people like uh, Tedesco, like Sione, Guys who are of a high standard who were available for nothing. Michael Beale uh, had to be paid for. Compensation have, will, will be going to QPR. Now, I think that was 1.5 million. I think Rangers might have managed to chip that down somewhat. But regardless, it is not cheap to be paying that kind of money for a manager. And fundamentally, uh, you know, he will be coming here on on very, very, very good wages. He's turned down a Premier League club in Wolves. He's coming from a Championship club. So, so I, I, I'm not buying that one little bit that 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 Beal is some sort of cheap option. De- definitely not, in my view. Yeah, I want to read. I'm just trying to get them up in front of me, Johnny. Um, yeah, here it is some other quotes um, from Beal speaking about the type of football that he wants Rangers to play when he was asked uh, about what the benefits are of obviously having a bit of time on the training pitch. And um, that that's important, isn't it? Because Rangers now have what, what, almost three weeks until their game against Hibs. It's an opportunity for what Beal says to kind of refresh the principles of, of, of play and, uh, and work with the squad, some of whom he will know, but as he says, some of his ideas are new. So 
I guess that's exactly what a manager wants when he comes into a new job and quite rare to have that. Um, he says, these few weeks will be extremely beneficial. We know at this moment in time, we're missing some key players with injury. It's important to me that we get them back quickly because our squad will be a great deal stronger for that. The squad is well balanced. It's a strong squad. There were These were the things that excited me about coming back. It wasn't just the friendships before. It was believing in this group and believing they can go on to be have a very successful season. I'm really excited to get to work with them. It's going to be a mini pre-season in terms of ideas and identity. I want us to be on the front foot to take the handbook off and for us to go for it every single week. I think that's what makes this crowd get excited. The fans want to come and see their team win, but they also come to be entertained. It's important that we see both of these things. I might be reading into this a little bit too much, Johnny, but I felt when Bill was actually saying that, you could see him almost kind of um, urging that forward, that attack in football. You could see how much it almost meant to him um, to, that he wants this is how he wants his Rangers team to to play. Um, ultimately, I think it will help him if if you can play attacking football and, and your intention is is seen to be um, on the front foot and forward thinking and intense. That's going to appease the crowd who I think at times this season have been critical of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst football, which they viewed as as too ponderous. And again, this is another one of these little elements of information that will be interesting to see when we watch Michael Beale's football domestically, how different is it to before, if it's more reserved, if it's more um, or less controlled, does that show that Gerard was was more obsessed with how Rangers looked off the ball, all, all these different things, but the, the, just the, the baseline fact that he wants to play this type of football, take the handbrake off, I think those, type of, those types of superlatives will get supporters on board quickly. And if you can get those quick wins, improve the set pieces with that set piece coach, then you can build a little bit of momentum. And if Rangers are to go and win that old firm or get a positive result in the second, then suddenly from such a bad situation a couple of weeks ago, the whole season does look a lot brighter. Yeah, I think one of the things that Stephen Gerrard's reign did that is difficult for any manager that follows and will be difficult for managers in the future, actually, is... It was kind of an educator in a lot of ways for, I think, people in the media, people in the support, in that you saw slow, steady progress. What a coaching team were doing very, very, very clearly. Season in, season out, they slowly improved. It was clear watching the games what they'd been working on. They were clearly highly drilled. They had a plan, and you had to be brain dead not to see it by the end. And yes, you could say perhaps that plan outstayed its welcome, but you could also see on many occasions, far more occasions actually than it didn't work, when the Beale-Gerard plan worked really, really well. And in a way, I think that education, that three and a half years of slow, steady, secure progress, uh, I think made people very, very aware of what it looks like. So when Geo comes in and you can't really see what he's trying to do that clearly, it jarred. It jarred really, really significantly. And, and in a way, I think in years gone by, it, it, it maybe wouldn't have. I mean, you know, the banter years, it was hard to see a, a form to what perhaps was getting done on the pitch. I think in, in the Walter Smith era, you look to the European games and Rangers were incredibly solid uh, in the run to Manchester. But there were times in the domestic games where it was, it was a tough watch and it was grinding out wins. I mean, they ground them out incredibly effectively. Walter Smith won his last three titles in a row before departing. Um, but there was times when 
it was about overcoming the domestic opponent in the most direct way possible. Uh, I think football's obviously moved on since then. This is that's fifteen years ago now, and uh, part of what Michael Beale did alongside Steven Gerrard made it more difficult for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. And I, I think as long as Rangers fans can see week to week progression that leads to month to month progression, even if there's occasional step backwards to step forwards, that'll be fine. Especially this season because he's got now six months where realistically everyone understands the league is going back to Celtic Park. It's unfortunate, but it's just the truth. Um, that That's not going to happen in terms of the league. So what the focus has to be on, as I've said already, is the Cups and getting ready for a hell of a fight next term. Interesting little comment here. Pressing in packs is going to be so good to watch again. Yeah, definitely Beals football. We know I, th- I think it'll be more compact than Van Bronckhorst. Very intense off the ball. Again, you can read more about that tomorrow morning on the website. We'll have an in-depth look I think, um, at... Sorry, go on, Johnny. I was going to say, I think there's a paid-for comment there, Josh. I'd, I'd like you to, to grab. Oh, there's a paid-for comment. Oh, yes. Here we are. I think Beal will surprise and light a few fires from James Dal... I think I can't read that second. Val Rimple. Yeah, four, 449, James. He even put an, an asterisk so it wasn't too rude. Yes, thanks, asterisk. James, because we couldn't put it James. up otherwise. But listen, that's a very good point, Josh, because um, I was uh, talking to you earlier on about a piece in The Athletic written by the uh, Aston Villa writer. Greg who Evans. Who was assessing Stephen Gerrard's entire reign. And one of the little tidbits uh, in his super long piece that covered the entire year that Gerard was involved, was that while there was quite a lot of people who loved Michael Beale at Aston Villa and what he was trying to do, there was also some players who felt that he kind of overstepped the boundaries of what an, an assistant manager would normally do. Um, and certainly I think that was the, the case uh, previously at, at Rangers as well. He was heavily involved in almost everything. Steven Gerrard was a figurehead. And when it came to the tactics, when it came to the training ground, if someone needed chewed out, I've heard stories of Michael Beale taking up that mantle and being that guy if he needed to be. So um, I think he is not going to be a guy that's going to be slow or shy to tell people if they're underperforming. I think that's very, very much part of his character. Beware the sort of Rangers TV interview that makes him look like a kind of nice, cuddly... um, Londoner, he's got a fire in his belly, and he's he's um, he's got a temper. Believe you me, uh, we've we've heard the stories, and uh, this is not a guy that I think players will want to be taking um, uh, be taking a chance with. Put it that way. So that was a good uh, that was a good comment there. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, Bill has done well, obviously, to, to get to this position in his career at 42 years old, having, having not played professional football. I think everyone kind of knows his story and, and his background, but you know he's someone that I think has taken certain risks throughout his career, going to work in, in, in Brazil and learning Portuguese, coming to work with Steven Gerrard, having moved back to, to Liverpool to, to their academy. Um, and there's a real emphasis on, on player development because... That is his background. Um, we're going to get through to some comments now, uh, Johnny, which I'll just reel through a few of them. Um, Rangers, easy, okay. Evening, I think this is a, um, genuinely think this is appointment is top class. The way he speaks, um, with no disrespect to Van Bronckhorst, is chalk and cheese. Interesting, he's bringing in more coaches also. Yeah, I, I think it's different. I think something that Van Bronckhorst, and, and we should obviously, I don't think we've spoken about this, Johnny, 
put out the, the statement last night, me, myself and Derek did. I think managers' communication styles are different. Obviously, Van Bronco's to speaking in his, his second or, or third language as well and doing so pretty impeccably. He was always someone that I think was was um, very classy in the way he dealt with things. And I can understand the comment because I think supporters do want a certain mode of communication to, to excite them. But Van Bronckhorst, obviously, um, I, I just think it's important to point that out as well, that the way he dealt with uh, difficult situations, I'm sure, in time that he will be fondly remembered for, this, in particular, that run um, in Europe. And the backroom staff, Johnny, uh, Derek Gray saying, hello, did I hear the contract is until 2026? And Josh saying, any word on coaching staff or assistants? You can read about three coaching members that Michael Beale has brought in on the website. Um, the names are Neil Banfield, Damian Matthew and Harry Watling. Um, or Watling, sorry, I'll give you just the top line. Neil Banfield, 60-year-old, worked at Arsenal under uh, Arsene Wenger, has been at QPR since 2019 quite an interesting character and also um, he coached, I, I can't remember if he coached Beal, yeah he coached Beal when he was youngster whereas Damian Matthew was the, the person that first gave Beal a job at Chelsea. Harry Watling, one of the uh, youngest uh, members um, to get his UEFA B licence I think at the age of 18 he is the person that will be tasked with working specifically on set pieces and, and Beal said in the summer that he likes his coaches to work with, with different contingents of the squad uh, Banfield working with the defence Matthew, uh, Damien Matthew working with the midfield and build the forwards. It's, it's interesting looking at, uh, you know, we've seen Van Bronckhorst do this as well, but for me it's clear to see, Johnny, that Beal has built a management team around him in the same way that Gerard did, but it's got different requirements. Beal's still the on the on-field coach. He's still, in his words, at the front of things, speaking in um, the summer, but he's got a lot of experience around him, aside from uh, Watling, who's younger than him. He's only 32 years old. The rest are all older. Um, and, and I think from my point of view, I, I don't know if you agree, it's important that the managers get their people in around them when they come to a club because the role covers so much now um, and, and there's so many games of football. You need people you can trust. And, and it'll be interesting to see how Beal works with his management team because under Gerard at Ibrox, it very much was a team and Gerard wasn't shy talking about how he gave responsibility to other members, one of which was obviously Beal, which is ironic. Yeah, I think there's a key sentence that we've kind of not touched on um, from the, the Rangers statement, which says Neil Banfield, Harry Watling and Damien Matthew will all join Michael at Rangers. And here's the important part, with further appointments to be confirmed in the days ahead. Hmm. So there is more coming in terms of the backroom team. I think it'll be very, very interesting to see if there's any... Anybody from the, the Gerard era that might be coming back. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that one because um, there's lots of rumours flying about about uh, who who those might be. I think Michael Beale needs a really, really strong team around them. I think a modern coaching setup does need these experts, Joshua. We know yeah. that uh, more and more we're getting individualists in terms of training. We see throw-in coaches now down in the Premier League. We see people spending a lot more time focusing on the individual elements of a game and actually really drilling down into the detail of it. You know, how are you taking your bye kicks? You know, how many times you lose the ball from them? It's the same from every element. The professionalism that now goes in at the very, very top level, you absolutely need to have that. And I think it's so important that Rangers are getting behind their manager enough to ensure that that kind of backroom team is in place to give them the best possible chance. Because if you don't have that, 
Um, Joshua, then I think you're building in a culture where excuses can be made about um, performance levels. So that's the one thing that, that you've picked up over the years from from the truly elite guys is you have to take away excuses that from football people. That's managers, players, um, and and really give them an opportunity to to go out and perform and not and not think about any of the negativity because uh, a lot of it's mind over matter. And if you've got all those. Uh, kind of ducks in a row, then you're you're in a much better place. There was one comment there from Alex Glover. I just wanted to touch on uh, Josh. Yep. Um, we have in young Alex Lowry, but he's not getting any game time. It's shocking. Uh, and why has he not had that with the potential he has? It's a smashing wee player. I look at the, the Rangers squad, Josh, and with this manager, a guy who is undoubtedly talented at working with younger players. There's James Sands, there's Malik Tillman, Leon King, Alex Lowry, uh, going into the B team, Divine, Lovelace. Yep. There's others, I think, who sure. fall under the kind of younger player category. Um, you think of someone like Yanis Hadji, he's not exactly ancient, is he? Um, there is a lot of talent there for Michael Beale to work with and bring through the next guy that's going to get sold for major, major money. Um, it's not like that... that that Rangers are completely lacking in talent. Now, I know uh, Tillman and uh, Sands are, are not secured for the future at, at this point, but surely there is an element of excitement about what a coach like Michael Beale can do for these kind of players. I think he'll love Tillman. I think Tillman might be a big winner in this um, disappointment, definitely. It's going to be intriguing to see all this, how all this um, ends up. And, and and as we say, Johnny, we'll be live every single morning this week, maybe a little bit in the afternoon as well. We'll obviously have the press conference at some point with Buell. Um, but we'll just get through a, a couple more comments, one of which, which is vital from Ross here. My question about Buell is, will he stick to the tracksuit or go with the suit? It's got to be a suit, mate. It's got to be a suit. I, 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 Rangers I think... managers don't wear tracksuits. Yeah, and I think if Buell was, it's a visual representation of his step up from a few years ago, isn't it, Johnny? Now yeah. to be um, the man in charge. And, and just a great comment here as well um, from good friend of the show, if I can find it, Steely FM. Evening, everyone. All signed up for the £1 for six months. Brilliant content. Uh, all in on supporting Michael Beal and his team. Can't wait. Bring it on. And just a reminder, folks, the link is in the description. Only two more days, uh, I think it is, Johnny, that you can get this fantastic deal. Just six months for £1. Even if you just uh, watch us on YouTube, it's a great way to support our work. Just to, to give you a few things, that you, an example of what you can read just today, we've got Michael Beal in his own words. We've got a detailed piece looking at Michael Beal's backroom team we've got obviously all the news of the announcement my piece looking at the the kind of discussion around Michael Beale's experience and, and how big an issue that is we've got look backs at Giovanni van Bronckhorst we've got a piece looking at from a from a coach and contributor Ian King looking at why people are so invested in, in Michael Beale and why he has such a reputation as a as a coach so just a reminder Johnny to go and get take advantage of that deal um, to everyone on the video before it closes in just uh, a couple of days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's two ways that you can help us at the moment, guys. Um, please watch these videos on YouTube. Um, that's a huge factor. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's 642 people watching as we speak. Um, if you're not subscribed, please click on that button. That is absolutely massive for us. We're very, very near to 10,000 subscribers on here, which would be just an enormous achievement um, and, and a big help to us to develop the audience further. 
Um, obviously, these videos are free, so if you um, if you enjoy them, the, you have to be cognizant of the fact that um, the website is what keeps us doing them and keeps them free. So um, if you go on now, it's only a quid, one pound one-off payment, and that lasts you for six months. Now, after that, we're not going to start charging you 9 99 It's $2.99 after that, but you can cancel at any time. We don't think you will. We think you'll love the content we have. Um, I think by the time that six months is over, we might well have an app as well, which would be a real move also, forward. We're we're that for, we are, we've been waiting for it for quite a while. We're hoping it's coming. Mm. Um, but um, those two things, that if you can do them, that is a major help to what we do. Click that subscribe button, as you can see in the in the message underneath my, uh, my lovely face, and uh, go into that website and subscribe uh, via www.rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe and you can get that one pound for six months deal and there's absolutely reams and reams of stuff on there and of course it's updated every day there's more content every day you won't find more detailed more comprehensive coverage of the club you love anywhere else yeah, absolutely. Um, great sell, Johnny. Completely agree. Um, we'll be live tomorrow morning, folks, at half past nine. Um, probably a slightly longer um, Rangers review morning briefing by uh, Derek Clark and maybe some others. We'll, we'll see. Um, I'm sure Stevie Clifford will be on later in the week as well. I can't um, even imagine how happy Stevie is right now. He, yes, he, he must be dancing on clouds. Yeah. He, he will be literally on cloud nine. We know he's a big fan of Michael Beale, so... I can't wait to see his wee face at the unveiling and see how happy he is because he'll be beaming. He will. He's not been very happy of late, but I think that's about <laughs> change. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you're right. I think he will be beaming. Um, but until then, we are going to go and probably do some more work, try and enjoy a Monday evening. It's been great to chat to all of you. Thank you very much um, for joining. Please do sign up to the website, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll speak to you in the morning.